Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp Cuts. On this Canadian volleyball talk show, we talk about all things volleyball, beach volleyball, and all sorts of other fun stuff. My name is Garrett May, alongside Josh Nickel. On this episode, we talk with Tyler Shearhorn about hazing rituals, university volleyball here in Canada, and family dynamics and sibling rivalries within volleyball families. Hope you all enjoy. Man, we have so much to cover. We got, like, volleyball families on the show. We got guys who have played, like university level or higher we, we got a pro volleyball player here but where i want to start is just the oua and U sports and i want to build it because i'm watching playoff sports garrett and i feel like i feel like the nhl isn't a sport anymore it's media and it, they're telling stories they're building rivalries they're doing yeah, things. well it's a sensitive and, and, time josh okay the leafs just <sighs> lost huge we're all hurting yeah. thanks for bringing it up again <laughs> yeah see see we're building on that emotion like we're not talking about like technical it's heated, josh about, yeah yeah <laughs> But why I want to start with that is we got a Queens guy, we got a Western guy. I got to know, Garrett, did you circle on the schedule anybody? Like, did you get fired up when you had to play against Queens, or was it Mac, or who would be a guy that you so, would fire up for? So Tyler, I'm glad, hey, glad you're here, because we get this a lot as like, oh, rivalries, and everywhere we went, I think I forget who we talked about it with, but it was like, no, we don't circle any game on the calendar. We're not looking at any rivals, thinking like, oh, it's who's good, like that's who we're. Right. So if you're good, we're rivals. We're fighting. But uh, it seemed like everywhere we went, it was rivalry night. <laughs> Every single place we went. We went to UFT, University of Toronto. Oh, it's rivalry night. We're like, what? You know, like this doesn't make. But uh, Windsor rivalry night. Like I feel like everywhere we go. All right, maybe I started with the wrong guy. Ty, Queens must have circled somebody on the calendar. Oh, and I know Queens had a, a little bit of a lopsided schedule because RMC does a lot of great things, and there's a lot of great people who go to that school, but at the end of the day, they haven't been that competitive. So usually people will play like their twos against them, and Queens, you always get the ones. So even at home games, like you're not getting that big of an advantage, right? So anybody who used to fire you up on the schedule? Oh, yeah, I definitely a lot of teams that fired me up. I think... McMaster was easily one of them just because you have a lot of buddies on the team and they were one of the top teams oh, during you were buddies with those my guys. five years. Yeah, and I think you say buddies and like you think about the NBA and like let's say LeBron or whatever is being all yeah, buddy-buddy buddy with everyone. Yeah, let's compare us to LeBron. It's a totally <laughs> equal comparison. Yes. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. basically the same thing, yes, right? Yes, exactly. But no, it's, it, for when you're buddies, I think they're, you know, with that big debate of like all oh, your friends, it should be like the 90s basketball where you all absolutely hate each other. But I think there's actually more fire, at least for my perspectives. When I had buddies on the other team, those are the games that I was circling because I wanted to beat them so bad and then smile and shake their hands after. I like to think I'm a nice guy, but when it came to on the court, those are the ones that you really wanted to put a beat down on. And then if you could smile after, I think that's almost, you know, salt in the wound, if you will. It is true. Yeah, you could no. always get into it more when it's your buddy on the other side, right? Like if you're chirping some guy who you don't really know, like maybe you're being a dick, like you're, you're kind of being a 
But if you're getting into it with like a guy you know, then it's totally fine. The problem though is, is that all my friends, Tyler and Josh, were never that good. That's the problem. <laughs> so we just lay the beat down every time. I was going to uh, say, all your crush buddies ended up at U of T, and you can't tell me that was a game that you were circling. Like, I know you got to play in front of family and friends at home, but I remember you getting subbed out after the first or second set. You never had to play three sets against U of T. I was circling on the calendar because my buddy Mike Denton's mom would always show up to the game and give me a, uh, a container of baked goods and say, hey, how you doing? We miss you. <laughs> but then we'd lay the beat down and just go home, and that was it. It was kind of boring in that way. And yeah, no, I got it. our bus caught on fire on the way home from U of T one time. Like literally caught on that. fire. What was like? What's the details about that? What's the yeah? When we talk about the heated rivalry, somebody get. sabotaged our bus going back from <laughs> University of Toronto. That's we, I'm convinced that's what happened. I mean, we're on the highway. We're driving back. It's hot in the. It's hot in the bus. <laughs> Guys are taking their shirts off. They're like, "Hey, turn the heat down." He's like, "It's down. The AC's on full." And we're going oh, okay. Like whatever. We're just rowdy in the back. But then cars are honking at us. We pull over. The bus is fully on fire, fully on fire. We rush out of the bus. It goes up in flames. So yeah, you talk about heated rivalry. Somebody I'm convinced sabotaged the bus on the way home. It's gotta be. I don't see any other explanation. How long were you stranded for? Like an hour. We had a bus come pick us up. Yeah, it was wild. It was a wild time. And I will say totally off topic, Josh, but the bus burned down. They made a new Western bus, and they put my face on it. I knew it. I so, saw it driving around Toronto once. I mean, it went <laughs> it went well, and my I think my face is still on that bus, and it's super weird when people see it driving through Toronto. They're like, oh, my gosh, I saw you. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still on that old bus. <laughs> see, I, ha- I have the the same thing with uh, at Queens. My face is on the bus. You're on the bus, my, too? Yeah, my but my friends, they're, they're the, I guess, funny type because you can put your finger just perfectly and my nose is facing up so i just get so many people just they're all picking my nose there was tons of snowball marks on the bus where my face was regularly Uh, because we rode in that bus a lot (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know you were on the bus that's hilarious you got josh you got two guys who are on buses on the show we got poster boys right now this is amazing (laughs) yeah like we we did not plan this I, I, hey, if you're listening, you know the show is not planned. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe if you haven't already. But uh, yeah, this is not planned. Ty, I got to know if there was any hostile environments as a Queens guy. Because I got to tell you, when I volunteered with York for those two years, I hated you guys in warm-up because you would always run on our freaking side and you do stupid stuff. Like, you're hard guys to like when you guys get going because it's just, oh, you're big bad Queens and you're doing stuff. Like, at least when it was the like the Zeman era, it was like, okay, like, I, I respect him a little bit. But when the, the next generation's still doing that, like, tough guy stuff, I wasn't a big fan of it, you know? Well, you get you get offended easily, though, don't you, Josh? Oh, very sensitive, yeah, extremely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Were we just were we <laughs> just, just walking on, on the other our side? side. Don't walk <laughs> on our side. Don't run on our side. They were like, standing there totally fine. It was just you who was getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably coming over to say hello, and then you're like, "I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. He's Beach, too tall. This What's going on? What's Let this guy doing, saying here. hello to me? Like, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, you even said Amorosa would stand just awkwardly close to you during no, the No, I will. Like, I, I am I, kidding, I, I, but I will agree with Josh. You like you guys were absolute ass- like just out of just for no reason. Like I get yeah. I get chirping like, hey, we're fighting. But like in the warm up, standing uncomfortably close, like what? What do you what? Like I don't. What is this? Yeah, I think the with Queens, you know, it's just 
I don't know what it is in the water or whatever, but we just all of a sudden you go there and you think you're, you know, you think you're all that. And it's, oh. it's very true. It's very true because uh, you kind of are, right? It's uh, you get to walk around, you get to put your head up high because you're a part of an amazing program. So maybe that's why all the other programs don't know. So, so is that the of- vibe <laughs> at the school? Like you go to the school and people are like, hey, yeah. this guy's Queens Athletics. Or just Queens in general. Queens is a pretty great school, no? I well, so, so you're saying in Kingston, Ontario, everybody at Queens is just there so hyped at each other just to be at Queens. <laughs> it's the best day no matter what. You're going to 8 a.m. class yeah, on yeah. Tuesday. And everybody's everybody's high-fiving on the way to class like, hey, good job, man, for being at Queens. <laughs> yeah, literally, just pat on the back. Kind of, It's a great, great atmosphere. We you're can't compete with that. Are you kidding me? That's next level. <laughs> A guy wasn't like at Western. Wasn't like that. No, or York, or nothing. No, 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 no. No, at Western, you get. This is in London, Ontario. For our listeners who don't know, you get. uh, Well, you get some pretty down to earth folk, but most people are pretty stuck up. It's pretty like, yeah, yeah. I'm at Western. Like, yeah. What are you doing here? Like, type type of vibe. So I don't know. Like at Trent, though, Ty. Like you coached at Trent. Did you take that Queen's attitude and try to, you know, give it to that program, or did you just kind of soak it in and see what those guys wanted to do with their own culture? Well, I think definitely there's a mixture of that culture with it. Like, sorry, is Trent even a school? Is that is that in Canada? University is uh, Peterborough, Ontario. Okay, just needed to confirm that because we weren't sure Um, if it was a real place or not. Just okay. I could have just made it up right I, now. I mean, I yeah, okay. No, sorry. Trans- Peter honestly, God. though, okay. it's a it's a diamond in the rough. Like, it is in Peterborough, which I don't know if maybe a lot of your listeners even know where that is, but it is, you know, Codge Country, gorgeous. But, yeah, their program hasn't had much success since joining the OUA, but definitely when I joined, you try and bring, I think confidence is the biggest word, right? And I use that all the time in coaching or whatever, but, you know, I wasn't telling them to stand on the back line like, uh, you know, in your experience, Garrett, and I mean, doing that kind of stuff. But. It, it, hey, it's a tool. I mean, pull it out. I mean, it's useful. Yeah, but just having that overall swagger and that confidence, I think, is just uber important when you're uh, playing. And, you know, obviously, I'm excited for them when they join the or when the OUA comes back in and they get to play because obviously all the athletes this season would be just be excruciatingly difficult not to compete. I don't know if you thought about that, Garrett or Josh, where it's like, just imagine not competing for a year like that's but i think they're going to come in with a fresh slate and the season's going to be awesome to watch i can't wait to watch from afar the uh the oua for our listeners the ontario university athletics league here where we play volleyball it's part of the uh canadian university league here for our joiners from uh from elsewhere i'm sure our can west fans are saying oh what are you guys talking about the oua like it's something important um but yeah i mean <laughs> i would i would hate that not being able to compete for a year kind of in my prime now i haven't competed for years are you kidding me like i I don't care at all so but you're saying about confidence that it's good even if it's undeserved is better than like if you if you feel like you're okay and you deserve that versus you feel like you're all that and you don't deserve that still better well i think the we have to get confidence from the process like confidence is really just through a process it's not I guess achievement or anything like that. So there must be something about the Queen's application process that yeah, I think, gives that confidence. Yeah, maybe that's uh, <laughs> maybe maybe there's something there <laughs> that uh, you know you feel maybe it's because a lot of them their parents went there or whatever and they just have that uh, that swagger because uh, you know they've been told their whole life just you know groomed towards it or whatever and I think I'm sure Western has some of that too and other schools that bigger history I guess behind them but uh, no Trent was awesome in the sense that they get to. You know, a younger school, younger program, 
and it's going to be uh, hopefully something special one day. Interesting. Interesting. I like this talk about confidence, Garrett, but you know what can ruin confidence? And we were talking about this with the beach guys the other day because Chris Tao transferred from U of A to U of T. And the question was, did you get rookied again? Because I think that's something that it exists in a lot of teams, Garrett. It doesn't get talked about very much. And we, we can keep it PG here. I don't, I don't want to really get into it, but uh, I don't understand how that helps us win games. I really don't. I know I'm like on the other side of this where like I think there's something that's inherited that it happened to you and it's like it brings the team together. I don't understand how stuffing five guys into a bathroom on the bus helps us win games, but it seems like it happens. Happens in, in not only volleyball but probably worse than other sports, right? Stuff so, in five Garrett, guys in the bathroom is that is that pulled from somewhere? Does do people do that? Can't confirm or deny. Was there was there Eddie hazing going on at Western when you were rookie Garrett, or because you were the franchise? It was kind of like, hey Garrett, good to see you. Well, I don't want to bury anyone. <laughs> I won't. I won't bury anyone. I mean, I could, but I won't. Um, but I'll just say, from what I've heard, it happens everywhere. There is nowhere that it does not happen. Uh, and that includes places I've been, places I've heard about, guys I've talked to. And I personally hate it because you're right. It doesn't win games. But I have seen the other end of it where I've seen guys come in and be like, you know, where I need that. that That's my entrance to the team. Without it, I'm I'm just some random guy. If, if like So for me, I, w- I started in my first year and was – maybe one of the best players, but I kind of shied away. I didn't really lean in. We didn't fully have that bonding to the guys where they felt like they knew me so that throughout the whole, my whole four years, it wasn't really like I was ever like really in there with the guys. So like I get the argument and I get why people still do it. I think if it's done well, it can be a welcoming rather than a kind of jeering, like, like for example, rookie duties, forget that noise. If you see a rookie anywhere doing a duty, that is fire. You're fired. Get out. That is awful. Water bottles. You got one guy filling up everybody's water bottle before a game. Are you effing kidding me, Josh? Like, I'm in my first year. I'm starting. I'm filling up everybody's water bottles. Sorry. I didn't know this was going to be a little bit of a touchy subject for you. This is good, Gary. You, you getting fired? You up, struck a nerve, Josh. <laughs> so Pat and the Leafs lost. Not like, come but, on. But if you if you're listening, Pat, thanks for listening. He always says on his show he likes the team building idea because he thinks more people bond around a keg than they do around a salad. Like he thinks the party atmosphere actually helps. And who says that? Drink who says Pat that? McAfee, like uh, the show, the kind oh, of. Oh, I thought you said Pat Johnson because I was going to say. No, no. no. Whoa. <laughs> Pat might, might, you know, agree with that. One thing I will shout out with Pat at Fanshawe, one way to keep his guys out of trouble when we go to tournaments, like I just be talking to him at, like, say, the Durham tournament. Hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Oh, like, we're going to do a poker tournament. So, like, he would get his guys in four social situations where it's going to be fun, it's going to be loose. But uh, I think the idea of of bonding and spending time together that's, like, a little informal helps. But, yeah, I don't understand, like, running naked through the park, how that helps us win games. So he goes illegal gambling rather than underage drinking? I don't know if money was on the line. I'm just saying they played poker. Poker is a recreational card game, Garrett, where I grew up from. I don't know what you do in your free time in Scarborough. Uh, Listen, we were rough and tumble in Scarborough, and it certainly <laughs> didn't jive with those Western guys. Probably wouldn't have jived at Queens either, that's for sure. Like, Ty, with you coming into a program like Queens that did have a heritage, like, did you feel the the uncomfortableness of being a rookie? Like, you don't have to name names because Garrett and I haven't either, but, like, was there a sense of, like, you need to pay your dues a little bit? Oh, I guess definitely in the sense of, like, let's not say hazing or anything like that, but an initiation, right? And I think, and maybe I'll disagree with you a little bit, Garrett, also with regards to, I think there should be something to be a part of the process. And yeah, am I saying, do you have to be drunk, naked, whatever, gambling? No, 
I'm not saying any of that, but there should be something where you get to join in with the team and something that maybe the coach doesn't even initiate. Because if you can create a culture with a program where the captain all of a sudden takes the rookies in, it's more a social convention, to be honest, because when you go to university, you're, what, 18 and young, dumb, you know, all this stuff. You need people to take you under your wings, and then it can be through a you know social gathering, whatever it is, to, you know, and I can't think of any great examples off the top of my head of what to do, but there's something where the captains and the leaders of the team should take them in and do something. But yeah, at Queens, it was definitely a, a different time, maybe when I was first uh, getting there. But by the time I know Queens specifically, it, the entire university like changed in the sense of like, I know some sports were getting banned or whatever for their hazing practices. And then all of a sudden within my five years, like almost the culture of, I think, university environments just shifted. Like, there was slogans, like, there was uh, all this, yeah. you know, anti-hazing uh, rallies and stuff like that. So, and it was good, right? Because I think the that pendulum was swinging where maybe it went too far on the one end where it was like, like you said, this shoving people into bathrooms or running through. I mean, that's a good one. Or whatever. The bathroom one is a good yeah. one. I think yeah. one of the subtle well, ones I've heard that was or after bad. someone went into well, yeah. <laughs> at the one end of the, of the bus ones. trip, not the beginning. Oh, oh I do. I, I, your point though, Tyler is good that like a welcoming, I, I mm. would agree, but like a good example of one is so on my brother's team at Alberta, he told me they did what's called a teammate party. And I thought it was super cool where you have a party and you got to dress up and behave the whole night like a teammate. You, you draw randomly uh, and you got to be a teammate for the night. And I thought, that's amazing. Like, that's not, you know, you're making fun of everybody, kind of. You're not, like, singling out people. It's like, hey, we're all doing this, which is hilarious and a lot of fun, right? So that's amazing. But you hear some other stories about where it's, like, not welcoming. Like, for me, when I step into my first year, I'm going, well, what am I going to do to feel like I'm a part of the process? I'm going to pass threes and go out and pound the ball around the block. Like, set me a high ball, I'll go to work. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Like, why should I have to do anything? But the mm. informal stuff is huge. But I just hated the idea that it felt like it was owed. Like you had to do that. That just doesn't right. jive well with me. And I, like, I, it makes me think, like, are, are these national teams doing that? Like you get a first year player on a national team. Do they do that? I know these pro guys do that. And like NBA, NHL, like you see these NBA guys wearing the door of the Explorer backpack. Like to me, that's just in bad taste. Like what is that serving? You're just embarrassing somebody on purpose. Yeah. And when it comes down to embarrassment, that's when I think it might cross a line. But like an example would be like if you had a fun game that your team did that you, you know, you invented and it was passed down from generation to generation of your team. Like, I don't know, some dumb whatever game. But then you know, the rookie, for example, doesn't know any of the rules. So then all of a sudden you get this game and all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, you slap him across the face like slightly <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? Like, what the heck? Welcome to the What's team. Huh? Like, it's like, well, you don't know the, like you looked left. So you get a, and they're like, what the, so they're learning all these new rules and everyone else in the room, you know, might know it. And it's a fun way and they, they get to learn it and then they become a part of the team. And, you know, obviously maybe the slap across the See, face is that works not a great example, big time but, for some guys. Some guys yeah. love that. Some guys fold up completely. Like, Tyler, I don't know if you can think about this, but Josh, and maybe you at York seen this. Some guys come through pretty good. Don't jive with the team. It just that, that it doesn't work, whatever we're throwing out, and they quit. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it, we blew it, kind of. 
Do you think that in the moment, though, that you blew it? Because usually the few times I've been around those situations, it's usually like, oh, F that guy or he wasn't fitting in. Like they get defensive about it. Where like you honestly reflect and you're like, oh, we messed up because so-and-so didn't have a good experience. Absolutely. Whenever anybody quit or didn't come back, it was maybe because it was so clear that like, yeah, we all kind of blew it here. Like we didn't treat this person the way that they deserve to be treated. You know, I don't think anybody's looking at a person who quits and going, oh, man, forget them. Like kind of a dick thing of that is to feel like somebody quits and now they're the like no clearly you know we didn't do something to welcome this person if they're good like some people quit because they didn't they don't feel like they're gonna make the team you know that sort of thing but if they're good and quit it's like man we we absolutely blew it so if they're good and you're you're nice to them if they're bad you don't really you don't care no it's like the 19th i'm saying we 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 question ourselves when they're good when they're bad, we know we blew it, but we don't question it because we're like, okay, we blew it, but they may have quit because they might not have been good enough anyways. Fair, fair. And you should never have it where, you know, it's like going through a fire or something and like you're either tough enough or not. And if yeah. that's the re- rationale for your quote initiation or hazing or whatever you want to call this team bonding process, then I think that's the concern because if they can't do something socially off the court, that means they're not good enough to be on your team. It's like, like you said, you come into the program to pass threes. Like that's at the end of the day, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And like when I was overseas playing pro, that's what it was, right? It was your job. Like just do the job on the court. And then that's, what's going to lead you to success. And like, you can have some off court stuff, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, just do your job. Right. So nobody's doing that over there. No hazing overseas. No, no. From, I think there's all different experiences in different leagues. I think if you're in a league where there's like, drenched into tradition there might be more of it but i was uh lucky to be a part of a process that didn't have anything that was condescending or negative or anything like that and i was you know uh i guess you know fortunate to be a part of all that but at the end of the day for the teams i was on it was we're paying you you're the guy this is the role that we're paying you to do do it we'll be happy and i love that that was amazing to me and i know a lot of guys from the uh OUA level or U sports or even NCAA that I'm, you know, chatting with that are going overseas and they only do one year because they're like, they only want the brotherhood part. And sometimes when you're playing pro, you just, they don't, you don't get the brotherhood. So they're looking for friends overseas. And then all of a sudden they get all these guys that have, you know, they're 35, have a family, this or that. They just go to work, do the job, get out. And they're like, I don't actually like volleyball that much. And then you're like, what the, you think (laughs) this sport, you've everything. You don't like volleyball. Yeah, and I know, well, for you, Garrett, like, too, coming from a, you know, volleyball family or what, like, for my family, it's like, volleyball, that's, that's amazing. This is, how can you not actually just like bump, set, spike? But for a lot of people, and I'm finding this more and more, it's actually the social convention of it. They just like being with their buddies and, you know, going against other, you know, their buddies again, and they love that. But then when they go overseas and they can't speak the language or all of a sudden, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's not so much fun just to bump set spike. Maybe it's too simplistic or whatever, but um, I was fortunate enough that I absolutely loved every minute of it because that's the part I loved the most. Even though the social part is great, it was the bump set spike that I loved. Yeah, man. I mean, you, I feel like adults like can handle that stuff a little bit better, and that's the thing about here in Canada. You go to university, you're maybe 18, like turning 19 maybe, um, and you got to deal with all that crap. Whereas you get somebody who comes in at 23, they're an adult, like they're, they, they know what they want, they, they kind of can figure it out, can just handle that stuff 
way better. Like I, I found any old guy coming to the program or even starting volleyball late in beach, Josh, even like you, you see guys who kind of come to the game a little bit later, just have a lot more maturity around it and can deal with it better. They're not formed through the process. They're formed as a human and they're like, okay, now I'm jumping in. Let's get this done. Whereas you look at some of the guys who you see go through it and are formed by it in not a great way. <laughs> no, no, it's very, <laughs> no. very toxic. It's your like, fault, uh, Josh. <laughs> no, I was reading, uh, as we have some coaches on the call, Garrett, I was reading Urban Meyer's book. He wrote a great book when he was at Ohio State, and the first thing he did to change the culture at Ohio State. Life. Yeah, I'm a big read guy. No, uh, big, big sports read guy. But the first thing he did about his culture was you weren't allowed to uh, blame anybody, you weren't allowed to complain, and you're not allowed to get defensive when somebody gives you feedback. And he said once you eliminate those three things from your program, then you start having a brother, then you can start talking football, where when I think of, you know, programs that I've been a part of that have been toxic. Those are the biggest three things is people are upset. They're blaming. I should be playing. I should be doing this. Like they're getting upset where if I could have read Urban's book earlier, Garrett, and eliminated those three things, it's not even about volleyball. It's just, that's, I don't, you run a business, you have a family, like those three things, if those exist, like you're in trouble. So I got to write those those down, Josh. So what were they again? I'm taking notes. Can you believe this? BCD for our listeners. If if you're at the grocery store, you're on a run right now, we can put this in the show notes. Now we're not going to do that. BCD, Garrett, (laughs) you're not allowed to blame. Uh, you're not allowed to complain, and and the D would be defensive. You can't get defensive when somebody offers you feedback. So, Garrett, if your job is to pass threes and you're not doing it and somebody gives you a tip or something, you're not allowed to blow up at them and be like, don't you know what I've done? Don't you know who I think I am? Okay, so I am now taking on these three things, and I will only be these things. This is what we need for the show, Josh. Terrible for a culture and a team, but for our show, we need this. So... Josh, you know how we're struggling to get some views on YouTube? It's absolutely your fault. <laughs> I hate when you do that. And how dare you speak to me that way? I think I hit See, all your reasons. I don't know. What a great start. That's a this, fruitful relationship. This is how have. we build I'm a solid foundation. This is ironic, Garrett, because we mentioned that we thought beach players should go into like marriage counseling to work on the relationship, and you were against it. But now you're offering me this feedback that I can work on myself for our partnership. And I feel like you think we're arguing. I think we're finally talking. Like I think we're onto something here, Garrett. Oh, that's cute. That's, that's super. Cute. You know what? You're right. It's actually our shitty guest's fault. We have the worst guests on this show of all time. <laughs> that's what that's it is. That's the problem. Sorry, I need episode. to keep looking at my notes because I keep forgetting them so quickly. Shift the blame, blame. That's good. That's what world champions do, Garrett. Shift the blame to the guest. Yes, here. that's right. Blame, complain. So, okay, so blaming as a, okay, it's Tyler's fault that this show sucks. But then complaining would be I go to you and say, hey, like, Tyler's been really this episode. Like, he really needs to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's complaining. Positive all the time. Defensive. Nobody's given feedback though, so I mean, I'll just be ready to be highly defensive when feedback comes, but it's not coming often. (laughs) Well, I appreciate being on this show. It's great. See you again. (laughs) No, that's uh, very kind. Very kind. I think this new mantra for you guys is going to be really successful, and you guys are going to make it. Is that sarcasm? Because it's hard to tell. Yeah, it might be going over top. So you're gonna have to reach your hands (laughs) up to catch it. (laughs) <laughs> hey, that's my Western education right there for you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, I went high hands. My bad. Friend of the show, Jeff Miller, started an amazing golf brand called Club Jason. Designed with quality in mind, Jason sets no limits on comfort, feel, and appeal. 
They are devoted to growing the game of golf and creating opportunities for those who could benefit greatly from a little extra support. 10% of all sales will go to a Club Jason scholarship for a female golfer. An additional 10% of all sales will go towards junior golf programs in Ontario. Club Jason wanted to pass on some savings to you, official friend of the show. Use promo code DIMES, that's D-I-M-E-S, at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Jason also offers free shipping in North America on any order over $99. Visit clubjason.com, that's C-L-U-B-J-S-O-N.com to check out their amazing clothing and to learn more. Jason, join the club. Well, <laughs> I don't know where we go from here. I feel like we've hit a new low, Josh. This is definitely a new low, and and we try to blame it on the guests, but we have a top-tier guest here, Garrett, so I think we should keep it rolling here. I but, feel like uh, I totally interrupted you, Josh. You were talking about something Urban Meyer said and culture and stuff like that, and I just totally derailed it and made it about me, which, I mean, is, is a classic May-ism, is to take something and make it completely about yourself. Um... I will not apologize for it, though. It's actually your fault. Well, that's fine, Gary. You kind of what sparked this in my mind is when you talked about how people are like molded by a culture if they right. come from the outside and they join it. And, and what my mind goes to is we just started our, our summer program with the national team. We have some summer athletes, and they're considered like post-secondary students. And, and just to see the difference of like they're excited to be there and like nothing's a problem, and they're like giddy versus like the next gens who are just the grizzled old vets who are you know mad we have to train inside at Downsview because you know COVID and we, and we weren't allowed to like at a public beach right now and stuff like that. We're like anything's good for the summers like they don't care if it's a new volleyball old volleyball court was right court was not As right it should be man anything goes wrong for the next gens and I, and I hope they're listening i hope they really get this that i'm speaking through the show now to classic josh though passive aggressive using the oh, show yeah. to let get the point across you should just sit them down and listen to this show we're not training today boys we're listening to sharp cuts exactly but they're they're the opposite there is a lot of blame and complaining going on where the summer is like nothing can go wrong they're having the best day ever it's like they're all at queens right now is what they're feeling right now <laughs> wait who the next gen with the unearned confidence or the new no, guys the with, the, with the optimism Ooh. about being somewhere it's wednesday we're it. at downsview it's hot but i'm still gonna train really hard this is really fun like yeah like you know what screw those guys being able to train with the national team at the indoor facility to play beach volleyball in a pandemic is amazing. Yeah. Can they just talk to, like, literally show them any youth athlete and just show them those sad eyes of not being able to train for months and months and months and months? Like, they should honestly, they should be, uh, you know, counting their, you know. No, you can say so it. Like they should be counting their damn blessings, Josh. <laughs> and you need to tell them. You should bring in the kid who you cut from a team sometime or any kid who got cut from a team into the and say hey this kid can't play because they got cut you're here figure it out that struck those maybe kids a bit of who are like I think with me play, like when you playing in that. their driveway like making bounce board games and doing stuff just so they can play like they're they're figuring out a way to get touches in where yeah it's just not good enough for some people garrett you know and i think the you can just look at the provincial team right now they just announced all their athletes and stuff and those athletes are fired up and they, they might simply just be doing like you know, simple peppering drills for their entire bubble and camp. But like they get to pass a volleyball with other high level volleyball athletes, which is what your guys are training and doing yeah, right I mean, now. Nothing and like that pass back and for, forth. Right? They're fired. How do you know they're fired up? 
from just mostly from social media or messages that I'm getting from athletes and everything like that. So it's just, you know, spreading like crazy. The And that's, again, keeping it small, just within our province. But I assume it's the same everywhere else if they're able, just youth athletes being able to get back out and do something. Oh, that's, you know, I'm a coach right now and I'm like just dying to be back on a court, go coach. I can't imagine an athlete because, you know, that was everything. That's, it's your love. It's your passion. It's, but it is what it is. And I'm the sure. The positive uh, energy is just contagious. Guys. All right. So Imagine obviously. like 40 kids in a gym who've been sitting, how like fired up they're going to be just a pepper. Like, yeah, yeah, like unbelievable. Like I can just picture the drills you're getting back into. Okay. Now bump it back and forth for 10 minutes. Hi. It's like. I, if you could be excited about that, that's a great sign. That is mm-hmm. a great sign. If you're fired up to go bump a ball back and forth. I mean, maybe they'll be hitting some meter balls. That would be exciting. Get back in the gym and just crush some fatties. I mean, I'd be down. They're probably not doing that, though, right? Oh, probably don't want to do uh, <laughs> some huge shoulder stuff after not using your shoulder for so long. But uh... That's what I'd be doing. I'd come right back in the gym and say, all right, we're going to hit an- meter balls for an hour. Welcome back. <laughs> Who's Why can't your team shape? practice for the next few weeks? Wow, they all have shoulder nah, yeah, No, we blew it. We, have. <laughs> we <laughs> but blew you it. should have seen the meter balls. They were sick. <laughs> yeah, we got they a million hits so on social media because of our balanced yeah. practice, but uh, we can't. We had enough for a full TikTok, and it was great. Like, we are just. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tyler, give. We, I think we maybe need, because it sounds like you got a good, good perspective on it. You're keen, you're eager, you got the Queen's mentality with the, you know, thinking you're all that and it sounds like that might be true but josh maybe needs some advice for how to get that culture yes josh you're well, hey, it always me in this yes it's you you're the next gen coach complaining about your boys and the culture so tyler let's get some uh let's get some maybe feedback and tips for josh well i guess the one thing would be josh are you going in with your own you how know, dare you suggest that tyler yeah, don't even think about giving tips <laughs> he's a national the team head right coach away. Right away. But that's oh. why it starts because, you know, maybe I'm the problem, Garrett. But no, I'm we just had to solution. get defensive. I yes. just had to add just, that into what our. What I'm trying to say is you have a lot of power and you are like, you're in a great position. So, like, if you even just like you move Don't the needle that. just that little bit. Don't tell him that. You're going to change everything. Okay. Now he's I got power. A little oh, my bit, gosh. So. Look at I can you see his head swelling by the moment. Look at that smile. Is this what it feels you know, he's like, like wait, to be I got power. Campus right now. I just got taller. It's like, wait, I got power. I can cut these guys. You can, Josh. No, I wasn't going the cutthroat. I was going to go, like, I need to bring the energy. I need to be the contagious no, one. Like, they're no, fired no. up to be around my energy. No, you know, no, but... blame, complain. Like, what are we learning here? <laughs> I feel like it's the angel and the devil on your shoulder right now where it's like, <laughs> you got to be positive. You are so great. And then Garrett's like, well, we'll say the opposite end of the spectrum. So. <laughs> but how long do you expect this energy to last high? And the reason I ask is because there's, like, a human behavior that's, like, law of diminishing it's not returns, but it's something where, like, if you eat chocolate cake every day, like, chocolate cake's awesome, but if you eat it every day, eventually you're going to be like, blah, well, I don't want chocolate that's cake That's exactly anymore. the law of diminishing returns. I don't think it's called returns. I think it's law of diminishing something else. Law but anyways, it's returns. something. The more you okay. have something, the less valuable it becomes. But there's something about, never mind, yeah, there's something about the behavior. But you know what I'm saying? We're like, maybe that's what the next gens are feeling is that we've been in Downsview since COVID started. They have limited tournament opportunities. So maybe to them, it's not special where the summer is. This is that new, new, and they're just fired up to be around. And they, they had their indoor seasons cut short. So maybe they're just fired up to be that kid peppering right now. Where where does that like human behavior come in? Where like, maybe the next gens are just defeated because they, they don't see the end in sight. Where the summers are like, this is their chance to get out of lockdown and play volleyball again. 
Well, I think you just got to ask those internal questions, right? Because you can do a lot of extrinsic motivation. So like whether you're just getting all these, you know, motivational quotes or whatever it is in the mornings. But the bigger thing would be asking those like deeper questions of like, why do you want to be here? What do you like? And I guess maybe just going more into their psyche, less uh, actual bumps that spike on the court and then more asking those deeper questions. Because I think that's uh, for myself as a coach. And I think we all have to, you know, kind of trudge this pandemic and figure it out uh together but i'm definitely going to be asking those questions of like or reiterating remember when we were sitting at home for like six months and we couldn't do anything like because you sometimes as a coach you'll say like you know you know pretend this is your last point or this is game point whatever like this is the end like you you might never play again like now that's way more relatable for all level athletes because we've all felt it we've all been like what the heck like it was taken away from us for so long and now we might be getting it back whereas i think it's gonna be okay to maybe it's like seasoning a nice steak or something like just sprinkle some spices or whatever some herbs and stuff to allow them to like kind of remember it but like you said you're not just gonna give them a freaking chocolate cake and be like every day like remember the pandemic remember the pandemic <laughs> remember the pandemic you're gonna be like throw that in when maybe it starts getting to the lull and then it can bounce back and then you know i guess that but I think as coaches, we're all going to be trying to figure it out because we all want to be able to keep that motivation level high. But at the end of the day, it's going to have to be asking them questions for their own internal motivation because we know external motivation, it only can last for so long. I'm fired up, Garrett. Yeah, I, when he yeah, hit me like, with that I mean, quote thing, it, like, it's, it, it gets a little cheesy sometimes with the quotes. Like you, We've all seen like the, the high school weight room with like, only the strong survive or like whatever the, the cheesy slogans are. But I thought you were going to go cheesy there. You didn't, you didn't, though. You still fired me up there. Yeah, well, I was waiting for the throwdown from you, Josh, saying, what do you know? I'm the national team head coach and you're talking <laughs> to me like this. But it, it never came. I mean, good restraint, Josh, but that would be my first turn. Do you do motivational quotes? Is like that's something you bring in? Because I try to keep exclusively my motivational quotes from me, like my own quotes. You only quote yourself to other people. Now, that is something I should start doing, but I never have done is say, write a quote, like write a quote on the board or something. (laughs) You know who said this? Guy. You know who said this? Me. That's right. (laughs) That probably wouldn't work, but I mean, it would give you that Queens start, mentality. I'm going to start quoting your dad. I think he's had a few quotables on the show where just like, if you're bored, you're not focused. Like those quotes, like really punch them in the Don't mind with his him. like richness. He, it, you know? Just the ego is swelling at, at every moment. He's probably listening to this like now, like not even uh, while we record. Like he's probably hearing you somewhere and just like, oh yeah, yeah, quote me. Like people come up to me all the time and go, you know what your dad said to me? And it's like, no, I don't care. Like, don't tell me what he said. He probably said to me a hundred times. Like, what if you saw that? What if you saw someone on the street and they were just like, had a shirt and it was just one of your dad's quotes, like quote, John, the ones we were going to get made. I was just there. (laughs) I don't know what I would do. You know, like my first instinct would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. But then deeper would be another Mm -hmm. layer of crap. Like, what the hell is this? Who are they? Jealousy of my dad. That's stupid, you know? So it'd be mixed emotions. Way to really hit me where it hurts, Tyler. I think, uh, I don't know. you know, yeah. It's I mean, weird that your experience of diminishing returns with your father's quotes, where I still get fired up, where you've been hearing this since birth. So you're just kind of like, ah, not again. Yeah like, it's, yeah, like it's been a long time of that, quotes from dad. And it's your dad, too. It's not like a coach you've had for a long time. It's your father. So you go to practice. He says the quote. Then you get home. Oh, this is the classic. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, I don't know if you get this from your family or your brother or anything, but like, so you're playing 
and uh, says something in practice or does something in practice. Then you go home later or you like leave or you're in the car or something brings up how great that thing they said was to relive it with you in the car after like without fail. Like uh, we had one practice and he just has a killer joke or something in the middle of a middle of a practice. Then we get in the car. It's like clockwork. Hey, like how funny was that when I said that thing <laughs> every time? So yeah, it diminishes it a little bit. Oh. Anyways, Garrett, I think he'll be back on the show next week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, if you're listening, I mean, please come back. We miss you already. Yeah. See, that was the emotional roller coaster of talking about your dad there. Well, and this show's been an emotional roller coaster. I want to confirm, though, Josh, you're reading books, you're studying. This is kind of next level stuff. We got some volleyball minds here. So the, it's don't blame, don't complain, and don't get defensive. It's a lot of don'ts. It's a lot of negative language before it there. Yeah, so like, what would the opposite of that be? So blame is take responsibility. Yeah, so when, when Ty puts this on the whiteboard at practice, next time he gets a chance to be in the gym, like what? how, how are you going to rephrase this, Coach Shearhorn? Ooh, great question. So yeah, between well, the three sorry. Yeah. Just before you go, I'd like to say part of that question was the expectation that you're taking this to your next practice. Yeah. Oh, like, totally assumed. Like yeah. that Josh oh. said something, you know, you're going to use it, like obviously. Hey, everyone, I got this from uh, Josh Nickel, Team Canada, and yeah. uh, we're going to apply it to our practice. He's today. actually going to write it and then quote you below, Josh Nickel 2021. I, I want to do that from that now bigger. on. If anyone ever uses a drill I give them, I want credit. Like, I want trademark on drills from now on, because, Garrett, I've stolen so many drills and the original credit doesn't get there. I want to be the guy to be like, this is Josh Nickel's drill. If you ever see him, like, tell him you did this drill. Sorry, I wasn't listening. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, no, this, <laughs> Sorry, I was just writing down the uh, the antis to what you said, and I, I, I'm kind of unimpressed with the reverse. Like, blame, take responsibility. I think that one's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. I could see that on a warm-up t-shirt. That's pretty good. But complain, well, what's the opposite? Like, praise? Like, instead of complaining about something, celebrate the things that you do like, now, now you kind of sound like suck like, it up. Yeah, like so. you kind of sound like somebody just going around saying, "Oh, how great is that? Oh, that was amazing. Oh, like the person who when you come off for a timeout, they high five you and go, "Good job." <laughs> what does that do for me? It's nice, but it means nothing. And defensive, like don't be defensive. So, does that imply Offensive. then any feedback? You're just accepting. Is it like if coach comes up to me and says, Garrett, your platform's garbage. You need to need to totally change this around. You need to just, you know, just put your thumbs together and don't actually clasp your arms. And it's like, oh, hey, I can't get defensive. I got to accept the advice. It's like, that's a load of crap. Yeah, I know. I, I pretty can profound, see the roller coaster that you're yeah. emotionally going through with this one. This is this is good. What if you just try it, and then if it doesn't work for you, I think if that coach really is, is athlete centered, they would say, you know what, they, they gave it a try, like the athlete autonomy. I'm gonna let Garrett, you know, figure this out on his own. But I, I just gave him some ideas, maybe some solutions he could try out. Tyler, you'd hate coaching me, eh? For sure. 
Uh, well, if you came in and your job was to pass threes, I don't know if I'd hate you. I feel like that's a pretty strong word to use for a person that passes threes all the time. But uh, Well, you probably use a four-point scale, and here I am passing threes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you're out. Get out. Cut. <laughs> nah, done. I don't need a world champion in my gym. Get out. You do not. Because... No. I mean, what's it? You know, we're not even going to go there, Tyler. Don't I can't believe you brought that up. You just I, burying me at every turn, Josh. Who got this guest? Who decided that Tyler was going to be on the show? It's my get. I'm minute. taking credit. It's my get. My get for sure. Yeah, you blew it. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's the blaming. There's so, the yeah, blaming. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I mean, take responsibility. I, I can take none. Anything that Tyler says, I take no responsibility for. <laughs> Sorry, I, I totally so interrupted when Josh was asking how would you reinterpret that for your team, and I just took it in a sidebar. So I'll take responsibility for that, but also blame Josh for the, the question. But sorry, I know that you had a thought on that. Well, Coach Shearhorn, let's plug the Instagram account. Like, he's got some motivational stuff going on. He's got some tools he can use. So that's why he's the guy to ask, Garrett, is because he's, he's building this platform for himself where he's, he's an expert in this space. So maybe, maybe you and I should stop talking for more than 20 seconds and let him speak on some of this stuff. No. No, that's not what you brought me on for. You brought me on just a face. And for those that uh, can't see the face on the other podcast, then, uh, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just a viewer. I'm you. <laughs> also, like, just just subtly point out that Tyler's comment was implying that he has a nice face to present on no, the just video. just a face. Just a face. Oh, a face. Okay, a... <laughs> sorry. I mean, I wasn't going to argue. I wasn't going to argue, but, I, yeah, it was, it was part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have to do. I just have to compliment myself. That's where I get my all my real confidence from, because obviously I'm not getting it from... Uh, I know, know, right? Absolutely. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's, you know, that's how uh, great coaches are, right? Uh, Josh, is that how it works? You never compliment any of your athletes. You just hope they compliment themselves. Is that the... <laughs> I feel like that can't be the mantra, no? <laughs> I know you're being sarcastic, but I think positive huh? self-talk like that that's a powerful tool that more athletes need work on because I, I i don't know you guys both know andrew hinchy his message about positive self-talk is he he has athletes who will say things so negative about themselves but you would never say that to a teammate so it's like you need to talk to yourself like you're your partner right now on the beach versus like we've all seen that kid who like shanks a dig and like screams at themselves like that's not helpful but you would never scream at your partner that way unless you're garrett he's probably lit up a few partners over the years but anyways I think the positive self-talk, that's that's an avenue that more athletes I, need to work on. It sounds I, cheesy, but it's very powerful. I need to protest. I love how you turned it and uh, turned a little sarcastic comment from me into a wonderful coaching tidbit right there. Into positive all right, you two stop it, both of you, with that this is, back and forth, okay? Wow, you being all nice to each other. That's quality content. Coaches yeah, you listening. two with the, Take hey, it. yeah, we're coaches and we know stuff. What's the Instagram <laughs> game like, Tyler? Like, you get many followers, people listen to what you say. Like, do you put out stuff and people go, yeah, this really helps us? Sorry, yeah, I, sorry. that sounded really condescending. I, it's a genuine question. I wasn't yeah, I, meaning to be a dick. That, I mean that. Well, now I just don't know what to believe. No, I, I, I'm serious. I'm, I really want to know, but I just sounded like a saying that. Uh, no, it's good. Um, honestly, like for me, like I never had a personal Instagram, or still don't have a personal Instagram account. So I just got this uh, Coach Shearhorn and started, I think, end of March. I just got on and just because I had a lot of coaching mentors saying that it's a great platform to be able to broadcast to a larger audience especially i'm going to be moving to california in august to coach um which is exciting and but with the coach shearhorn account i'm able to just because i'm a very positive person just a lot of positivity a lot of like just general overall confidence in myself and my ability and it's 
what I try to do is have it ooze out into the social media streams. And right now it's great. I'm getting lots of uh, great feedback from people and often the, I guess, followers or people that like or whatever it is that do right now are just great. They're giving positive feedback and I absolutely love it because even just a single person, if I just put out a little, you know, a Monday motivation or whatever it is and they're like, oh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. That is, you know, before I just was like anti-social media, I guess, in a way, because I was like, okay, I'll focus on real life connections, but to be able to have those connections also there and uh, it's just awesome. I absolutely love it. It's wonderful. And, you know, I think it can be all consuming. I definitely have taught a few social media uh, lessons and classes and stuff where it's like, this can be awful. Don't get addicted. But there are positives to it. So definitely. But uh, Listen to you being yeah. all practical, all down to earth, super positive, just genuine guy. I mean, stop it. Okay. Stop it with the genuineness and being so great. Okay. It's, it's too good. I mean, if one person is likes what you say, I mean, yeah, like, of course, amazing. But wow, like, it just makes me feel like a total dick. Like. But I mean, good for you. I mean, and congrats on on the opportunity in California. I'm sure that's going to be I'm sure that's going to be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just had a thought while you were talking there, uh, yep. thinking back and this is maybe none of our viewers will know what I'm talking about, but there's an award given out every year in Ontario to a club athlete. Um, I forget what it is. It the Jason Senechal Award? No, no that's Ken the Davies. One. You're thinking it's Ken the Davies. Ken Davies Award, um, and uh, it's given out to like an 18U player who's graduating high school, going on to, you know, it's like you know contribution to the community and high level play and volunteering and just all around good person. I won the award in my year, uh, unbelievably. I have no idea why 2010. people what thought a great that year. I would be that. And then the very next year, they asked me back and they said, hey, yeah, can you, uh, you know, can you be present just to shake hand and be? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm here anyway, whatever. Who's getting it? Oh, yeah, it's Tyler Shearhorn. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm here giving you this award, shaking your hand. Like, that's so long ago. But I, I just had that thought while we were you were t- chatting there. Isn't that crazy that that was just over 10 years ago now? Like it's wild, is. and you you have not you've been the same positive, great outlook guy for the entire time. I've certainly become far more jaded. The fact that I won that <laughs> the same award as you, and now you hear us speak now, you go, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Don't well, shake your head uh, like that so confidently, Josh. I mean, it <laughs> it did make sense once, but now it does not. I'm trying to think who else was eligible. It must have been a down year. There's some big names on that trophy. Some big Canadian volleyball oh, names. absolutely. On that trophy. Oh, they say it's the uh, what the most prestigious award in the OVA uh, gives out for male athletes for youth. So, um, yeah, to get it, and you know, this is to get a little bit sappy or whatever it is, but uh, yeah, to get it from you is pretty cool because uh, obviously being a year younger than you and uh, watching you is pretty. Oh, am I complimenting too much? I see where this, you're going uh, with this, and you're being real nice to me. <laughs> And it, I'm sorry. It, it's I, yeah, man. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, like Josh, we got two guys whose faces are on buses, and who two guys who won the Ken Davies Award, and we did not plan this. Unbelievable. Anything else we have in common? Like, are we related or something, Tyler? Like, this is just too eerie. <laughs> I think uh, both we'll of you check. have a little brother who's actually better than you at volleyball. Ah. I share that in common. <laughs> no, we do not share that in common. We do not share that in common at all. 
Not even close. Let me play him one. Let me play Blake one on one anytime. I will crush him. Okay, no problem. Okay. anywhere. Me I think and Tyler Blake would beat you guys for sure. No, oh me what? Yes. Me and Tyler head to head. Blake and Reed <laughs> on the beach. Not even close, Josh. Absolutely. I'm what, are you kidding me? So we can finally have a sharp cut on this episode. I'm saying with full confidence, Reed May with Blake Shearhorn win. Too dumb. Like it's not even like yeah. You, you know, you're being a dick. Down. You're absolute. Ab- I can't. I can't believe we do the show together after you've just said that. You know the argument uh, I have with my brother all the time. Back on it. Yeah, well, yeah. Tell you. <laughs> we have this <laughs> argument all the time. I don't know if you and Blake have this argument. Six of me versus six of you. <laughs> Who wins that? <laughs> and it's the dumbest oh, thing so ever. Good. But we get that's into so it. Good. Ah, see, I like, uh, yeah, my sister's getting married this weekend. So at the wedding, I'm going to pull that up for Blake because uh, I'm the MC of the wedding. So maybe I'll just oh, uh, bury him with it because <laughs> I think six up. Tyler's would definitely beat six Blake's. No I question. Do this episode during cocktail hour and let everybody like make their own opinion. Really? Yeah. This well, at amazing. a family event, though, that's tough. You're going to pit family against family. I'm about it. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be the quiz on the, you know, that, well, it's a very small wedding, obviously, with COVID, but uh, that'll be the questionnaire on the, instead of a game, sometimes you do trivia on the table during cocktail hour. It'll be a, just a, you know, who would win? Yeah, but your Six. sister's going to be like, look at you two dumbasses making this about you, and it's my day. <laughs> uh, my sisters are both very good, too, and they both play volleyball, so maybe. Uh, okay, so six of like, each of you versus yeah. the six of each of you. <laughs> Yeah, man, there's options. There's options. Or do you sure. ever go like the the sibling sibling versus sibling sibling in a co-ed oh, beach match? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You they, could play like, that we do game, that at though. family gatherings and it's uh it's so much fun. You you play it, you do it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. who wins? 2v2. Oh, I have to say I do every single time. Oh, okay. Oh, come Josh. On. No, oh. hey, you're talking a big game about me and Tyler and Tyler's beating him down at the family event, okay? Point for us. Yes, Tyler. Oh, yeah. I would like to get Blake's opinion. There's no way this is true. Like Reed oh, Blake, and Blake, Blake are both U Sports national champions. They, they've accomplished. Blake played uh, for Canada on the beach. He's played for Canada indoors. Hey, listen like, to think... you bringing up the U Sport national champion to just bury both of us. Just hit us really where it hurts, Josh. You know me too yeah. well. Damn you for bringing that. Have up. you and Reed ever talked about that, Garrett? Was there anything? Uh, I know it was your teams versus teams, but was there ever any like sibling stuff going through there? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we talked about it and we both were kind of in agreement that like his team was so much better. Right. Like, so what are you going to do? Like I, I, I can be the best player, but mm-hmm. if he's got a better team, how am I going to kick his ass? Like I, it's a team sport. Well, Blake and I had it the one Christmas in my fifth year where his team was out of playoff contention and he played for Trinity Western University, which obviously top university, great. But they were out of the playoffs in the West and we were second in the uh, OUA league. And so, you know, we were making the national tournament. They weren't even going to make it. We're talking at Christmas, back and forth, all this great stuff. Anyways, (laughs) doesn't my team end up getting upset twice? (laughs) Semifinals, bronze medal match. We don't even make the tournament. Blake's team goes on a historic like six game win streak just to sneak into the U sports tournament. Um, and then they ended up winning U sports that year, the national championship against McMaster. And, uh, you that know, is a horrible story. 
Oh, it was. Oh, it's absolutely. I feel absolutely so bad. terrible for you having heard that. That is awful. <laughs> yeah. And no, you were sure. you were giving it to him at Christmas. Like, hey, Blake, your team sucks, bud. And then well, they win yeah. the they win the thing. It wasn't so much that I was giving it to him at Christmas. It was just like, oh, that's too like my final year, Blake. It would be awesome oh. if you were at the tournament too. And Blake was like, yeah, oh, like we're not oh, no. we're not doing too good and stuff. Oh, and then no. I was like, um, you know that kind of stuff. Was <laughs> oh, it? Oh, that hurts. Uh, yeah, no, it was not good. It was not good. But you know, anyways. And then he went on to have an amazing career and uh, so forth. And uh, anyways, your your family. So I was super happy for him. But definitely during that week, that was one of the more difficult weeks where you're like. And, you know, I went and supported and cheered and hugged and, you know, we were happy when he won and all that. Uh, I think the newspaper is a picture of me hugging him, crying, and he's crying and we're all happy. But, uh, yeah, that week leading up, and I'm sure. Who's your semi that year? Our semi was against. Uh, Look at you poking it where it hurts. It was. Uh, oh, Ryerson. we're going here. Yeah, it was a uh, Ryerson semi and then Waterloo uh bronze medal match ended up losing what was it fifth set 15 13 like literally couldn't like what a fun weekend to end your u sports career on right like it's uh but it is what it is and then luckily i got to play well hey at least you didn't end your career losing to your brother nope no that's uh (laughs) that would be the worst (laughs) yeah yeah, he dug me a few times. I don't know if it's like enough to be like, because I scored a few. Like, how do you do that? Hitter versus libero? At least you guys could have a play at the net if you played. He and I yep. never would have. I know. That that was a dream. I would have, if, you know, going back, looking back and all that stuff, I would have loved to be on the court at the same time just because I have this overwhelming. Absolutely. Oh, this level of confidence is you know and you know my brother he touches over 12 feet like he's great but uh i think there's just something and garrett maybe you can uh confirm this but there's something about being the older brother where it's just like you don't let them win like you just you can't like if you're on the same court like if you know they go a different route in the playoffs or whatever but when you're on the same court and i think beach is a great format for that because it's just uh you have so much more control than indoor i can't relate man I cannot relate. I mean, it's it's weird. Like, we were so fiercely competitive as people. And I think he and I both knew, like, not with each other. Hmm. You get enough of that in your life. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing in my in my home life now. Like, when I, I'm out in the world, I'm competing, I'm fighting hard. Like, as a pro athlete playing beach, like, I don't want to come home and compete. I don't want to relax, like it's stressful enough as it is. Like, I don't need to deal with this at home type thing. So we never went at it. We never competed in, in much. Um, we played in a tournament together a few times. Like we never ended up seeing each other in tournaments and stuff like that. So yeah, no, very different. Isn't that funny? Well, I, I, I preferred that. I like when we played in tournaments together and, uh, we did a few beach tournaments when we were younger, we played like youth open and, he would have been like 15 and I was 17 you or whatever it was. But, um, those were fun. Then those were some of the most fun we had. And like, we had a lot of growing to do. Cause you know, sometimes you get angry at each other. And like you said, I, I remember, <laughs> and, uh, I don't even know if he wants me to bring this up, but at, uh, nationals, it was nationals for beach. And I would have been 17 you, he was 15 you. And it was the 18 U nationals. Anyways, we'd never played together before that, but we were just, let's go to nationals. Parents bring us, Anyways, doesn't he get so angry? We ended up losing this one match, and uh, we're blaming each other a little bit, and it, we brought it into the car. 
and uh, our parents just very good parenting lesson. They did an awesome job because they were like, this can never come between you. This can never whatever. And wow. after that moment, like good for your parents, huge. man. Oh, yeah. And it was huge for us uh, moving forward. I think our relationship is in. Well, I don't know, like if they didn't step in or whatever, who knows what it would have happened, right? You could have had some real angst or whatever. And, wow. But instead they uh, pulled the amazing parenting move and then we had fun for the rest of the tournament and every time we played together was fun. And um, yeah, no, we got uh, very, very lucky. And I say all this stuff about playing each other in that competitive environment, but to be honest, like we just haven't been on the same court a lot for yeah. playing volleyball. And like, again, he was in Can West, I was in the OUA and then, when we were playing pro, we were in different leagues and all that. Like we just haven't played each other enough. And he's been, you know, training with the national team all the time. So it's not like we're going to yeah. casual beach family fun Fridays or anything. And, uh, <laughs> just, you know, going at it, but, um, maybe, uh, down the road that'll happen more, but I mean, good for the sheer horns and Josh, every time it seems like we have a family of volleyball players, fans, whatever, they always just completely bury the maze in my mind in terms of their greatness. <laughs> Every single time, it just is like, wow, how great are these people? Wait, I'm forgetting. I, this is why I wrote it down, because I can't revert to this. Okay, no. You know what? I I want to know what the car ride was home for you, Gary, because you're, you're blown away by this moment, which makes me think, is there something there? Like, when, when you and your dad would get into it, would it stop in the car ride, or would it continue? Oh, it would ramp up ride? in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we get it going. Um, like, it was funny, because you could always tell, like, what... If if I played well and we didn't win, everything was fine. Like nobody's upset. It's the same. I probably the same with Reed. But if he or I didn't play well and we didn't win, then it was like full on depth, going in circles, all over it, high intensity um, conversations. Never like yelling. Like never like. Well, sometimes yelling, actually, because, like, I don't know. It was just that type of intensity in our house. It probably wasn't for the better at all. I don't know if you guys are hockey fans, but uh, Nick Foligno has a little brother who's also in the league, and he plays for Minnesota, and he was just on spitting chicklets, and he used to love uh, – the the Foligno's are a hockey family, and he used to coach his sons in Sudbury in the OHL, so he'd be yelling at Nick, and, like, they, he could hear it through the walls, like this big shouting match, but they had a rule that it ended. Like, as soon as you got in the car, he was your dad again. So Marcus would just be in the back seat and be like, so, Nick, how do you think you played tonight? Oh. And then the argument would start again. And just poking. And he would just sit there Token. like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Such a little brother move to do. Reed did that sometimes. Like, I think that sometimes happened. But I think th that's the thing, right, is when it's your sibling, they get it. They play too. Like, they're dealing with the same parent. It's not like th there's somebody somewhere outside of it. Like, they understand. So... You know, I don't. I don't think you get that as much. I, I think it's the same thing with your teammates too. Like when a coach is yelling at you or whatever, it's not like anybody's egging on your teammate who's getting the gears from a coach when they suck or something. Like you get it. Like you're a player, you get it. So I think for the most part, people are are pretty good spirited that way. At least in my experience, it sounds like the Shearhorn household was no exception. What a great family it sounds like. I'm I'm jealous. I mean, damn it, Tyler coming in here and just wow. Good for all of you, all of them. Wow. Yeah. I have no idea. They're, uh, they're a great couple that had, you know, four pretty cool kids. So they're uh, shout out to them. I'm sure that uh, every view we get is going to be because of the Shearhorn presence and no other reason. <laughs> oh, 
I'm not even mad. Not even offended. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the show, Tyler. I mean, this is how it uh, how it usually goes. I mean, hopefully people are still listening, but we're winding down. Awesome. This is how it goes. It's just kind of awkward at the end because we had a great conversation and how do you end? Nowhere it? else to go. Yeah, we just got to shut her down. Should we just just end like like this? Just end it. That's all, folks. Comment down um, below how we should end it in future. Should we just cut it off with like, or should we have some outro? Yeah, I was gonna say you guys don't have like a signature, like a. What should be our uh, signature here, Tyler? What do you got? Oh. Well, no, I just, uh, like, I, well, I listen to a few uh, different things, but there's, what's the one? They, they just play a funny video that uh, just makes you giggle, and then that's the piece of the So we then, need some boom. funny videos, Josh, is what we need then. Yeah. Yeah, like it takes some. Movie quote, or, like, what funny videos are we talking about? Like, hey, well, how do like, we end like with no an inspirational quote, quote from Josh? <laughs> Inspire us, Josh. Yeah, Josh Nickel, inspirational quote to end the episode. You're a star. Keep shooting. Uh, <laughs> I think I know. I think we need maybe. Okay. Like a, yeah, um, yeah. Josh Nickel, Team Canada. Thanks for being a fan. <laughs> That's how I'm going to sign my autographs from now on. Thanks for being a fan. Is that the inspirational or? <laughs> I mean, I'm inspired. <laughs> Garrett, don't be yourself. Be somebody better. <laughs> be anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs>